see this is unfound and today we have a very very special guest on one of my closest friends no that's not true a friend of mine from college shrividya of the mandarin lab say hi shrividya hello guys hi so i'm shrividya and today around with khushi we would be discussing about the only chinese temple in mumbai unless yeah if you're not aware and now to introduce the mandarin lab tell us a little bit about the mandarin lab tell us a little bit about what prompted you to take up chinese as a language ms rai so, last year last years when i started the mandarin lab the mandarin lab is a mandarin language chinese sorry a chinese language learning center where i teach kids as well as adults mandarin chinese using different innovative methods not just like a textbook thing so khushi also can tell you more about it because she's been my student for a couple of sessions too have i have but we'll let let's spare everyone the horror of me speaking chinese because i'll just end up mixing every other language i know into um chinese you know fun fact that um chai is called cha in chinese and uh, cha is also what in sindhi and uh, cha also mix up cha so yeah Whoa. that's i that's one word <laughs> shrividya is proud of me um hashtag becoming confucius <laughs> all right uh, that's that's enough about me in chinese let's move on to our topic for today which is the chinese community in mumbai which is the chinese community and particularly the chinese temple the only chinese temple that mumbai has now to be very honest shividya I didn't know this Chinese temple existed. Okay, it's a big story how I actually landed up going to that Chinese temple and how I landed up in how how we opened it up and everything. Um, it's actually a whole story and everything, and we'll get into that later. But you have visited that temple and you have seen the temple from the inside. You have um communicated, I feel, with um um a few of the people in the temple at the the caretaker and the small i mean you know there's a very little bit of uh, the chinese community that uh, basically a trickle of the chinese community that still remains you know the the, the indo chinese community so what have what the chindian community oh it's really called the chindian community yes i think india that was... china india chindia what i didn't know it's a thing it is a okay. thing you learn new things every day i guess <laughs> so anyway um so tell me a little bit about what uh, first of all what what you thought what were your thoughts when you went into the temple and what did you see inside the temple and then we'll eventually move on to how you got to the temple so first tell me what was your what were your thoughts what 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 were you thinking when you were inside the temple you know when you went to the temple Mm-hmm. So I have like a very funny short story about how I reached the temple. The thing is, uh, like Google obviously told me that there is a Chinese temple, and that's how I wanted to go to the temple since a really long time. 
but the thing that happened was i read like a lot of reviews and a lot of times just said that the temple was shut and it is a very silent area and i was just wondering if the temple was still existing if it is a silent area and if the temple is shut like doesn't that just mean the temple doesn't exist anymore but i still just went for it and went to the chinese temple and this was uh, during the chinese new year the chinese new year two weeks that are celebrated at between uh, the last week of january and the first week of february is when the chinese new year falls so that is when i went there and it was it is a very beautiful place and you wouldn't expect so much that is happening inside the temple looking at the building like outside outside se kuch nahi hai andar it's so pretty oh my god so that is how i reached there so to tell you something about the temple the temple is actually um, for a god called kuang kun so kuang kun is also called kuang yu he is now become very famous through video games because there are like a lot of games that are coming up that are already existing in which he is one of the characters so something about him is he is considered to be the god of war china or in the chinese culture why is he the god of war the reason is he was first a warrior who became the general yeah so he was first a warrior who later became the chinese general who he was a really really renowned chinese general who after he passed away became was given like the title of a deity like being the chinese god so which is why he is called the god of war So now you would ask, was there any other god of war that they really followed before Kuang Fu, not before Kuang Yu was born, or before Kuang Yu became so powerful? So before Kuang Yu, there was another god who was who the Chinese people prayed to, the warriors prayed to, who was Yue Fei. So Yue Fei, the thing that happened was Yue Fei defeated the Qing dynasty. The people from the Qing dynasty were defeated by Yue Fei, which is why the Qing dynasty couldn't really like. it is very like logical that you can't pray to somebody who defeated you because whoever was against foreigners and qing dynasty people were foreign were treated like foreigners which is why quan yu became so famous and he is now considered to be the god of war so yeah that is that wow that is a lot of knowledge for the last 5 minutes but i'm that's really interesting actually that this is this this little temple is just located in 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 this street that you wouldn't even you know you wouldn't assume that it exists in i mean it, if you've you've been there right you've seen how the how the streets are and how everything is located and everything okay. it's empty it's it's pretty empty i mean exactly and it's you wouldn't even guess that there is a temple because we're so used yeah. to see churches and masjids and temples and you know any place of worship have like a lot of crowd around them and a lot of people correct, correct. a lot of like you know just stuff that they're selling outside the masjid like did you have any difficulty with 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 maybe just opening the temple and uh, i've come i mean at least i know for a fact that it's very it's a very peculiar way in which you have to you get to visit the temple in in the sense that mm-hmm. it's never really open you have to go and ask for the key correct so, yeah did you i mean of course you you did you communicate with the um um i'm pretty sure you may have communicated with the care, you know the uh, carekeeper the, mm-hmm. the the keeper of the temple and um, the, the family and you know their 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 whole thing what was your experience 
so when i went there there was actually a lot of renovation and like painting work going on because again as i mentioned i went there around chinese new year so that is the time when everybody like the whole chinese household is just cleaning and painting and just beautifying things around them so the name of the caretaker is albert tam and i think this is something you told me as well that albert tam knows better hindi rather than cantonese mm. which is pretty fascinating so he told me like a little bit about this the existence of the temple and everything in general so when the east india company came in and when the whole when the mao regime was going on the world wars that happened all all of these incidences that happened across like the whole stretch of 100 years that is when a lot of chinese people actually came to india and settled in that area the what is it called holy mandir Moscow, yeah. Okay, Moscow. So that is when they settled in Moscow. So Moscow was actually like that lane was called like a chota China China town of Mumbai. So and all of these guys were traders and merchants and yeah, people who worked over there. So but during the war, the Indochina War in 1962 was when a lot of Chinese people actually went back out of fear and out of the fact that they would be killed and their minorities. They went back to their own nation. and a very few stayed back albert tam being one of them so he narrated the whole story to me and the temple inside is very very cool because the whole temple is red in color like including the fan including the ceiling everything is red so you would have guessed why because red is a very auspicious color in chinese especially another place where you would notice red that is very unusual is the face of this god that is kwangtung face is red in is painted red in color the reason why is that is considered to be a symbol of loyalty and courage because as i mentioned earlier he was a warrior so people really look up to him as a warrior yeah as like a really great god he's one of the most powerful gods in the chinese community so which is why his face was red that was really fascinating and so yeah this is a little off topic but Kuang Yu is also played by a lot of gangsters, a lot of like the robbers, a lot of business people, a lot of the corporates also play to him. The reason being, nobody wants obstacles. Warrior obstacles. Nobody really wants like obstacles or wars or betrayal to arise in all of these. Sectors that I just mentioned, which is why people actually pray to him. Like you know how we have the laughing Buddha. It said that you should keep a laughing Buddha in your house because it brings joy and happiness around. So same way, they believe to keep a like probably an idol or a picture of Kuang Yu so that you would basically be able to solve your problems better. And a lot of people who have who face problems in their life generally go to this temple to get it resolved or to just get answers because he is believed to be a god who resolves your difficulties because he fought great battles and conquered areas and won them so that that's their logic that if he can fight that then your day to day battles are nothing are very insig- insignificant for such a great god which is why you can go to him if you are ever troubled explain to me what happened inside the temple because you know when we went to the temple we were guided mm-hmm. by this um, this elderly gentleman and our professor and everything we went on a uh, a whole um uh, tour and everything but we'll talk about that later um we mm-hmm. were gui- we were sort of like 
table. We saw a lot of things there that we didn't understand. You know, it was really sad because we were just walking up to like the different places. We saw this. We saw the second floor. If I'm not wrong, the second floor has. Uh, yeah. So we we saw the second floor first, and then we came down, and then we came down, and someone pointed us out and said, you know, hey, hey there is a there is something here as well. So we went into the. We went to the ground floor and we saw what's there. Now we had no idea what was what, okay? And we saw these really pretty scrolls and we saw a lot of things. And it kind of irritated me that I'm in this beautiful place that is filled with so many mysteries and there is nobody to demystify it, you know? And there is nobody else outside who even wants to come in and see it. So I really, really wanted to kind of know and kind of... Um, understand what what is there so can you can you throw can you shed some light on what what um, what what symbolism is there in that temple which goddess is on the ground floor and of course um, what what these various what these scrolls meant ground floor just like mainly has the fertility goddess and just some more like photo frames or pictures about the chinese people who were there and also the very famous journey to the west i think that is a very Moving on to the second floor, the second floor is really beautiful. Like when you enter, when you're walking to the second floor, first you would see like this very huge painting of three gods. Again, those gods have a lot of importance in Feng Shui, out of which like one is shown for authority, one is shown for longevity, one is shown for prosperity. So the triplets. There was like a very colorful, beautiful picture of that. Then you walk like upstairs and you climb upstairs. You don't walk upstairs. Yeah, you go upstairs and then there was there were like a lot of firecrackers just like hung to the roof again very beautiful and then you have to like take the keys and open the door so around the door i saw uh, chinese scrolls so chinese culture has a lot of importance they give a lot of importance to these chinese scrolls it, the reason is they write like you know important like sayings or the chengyus or just poems or any important good quote that will make you feel happy and pleasant is written outside on that stroll, the Chinese stroll. Again, this has a lot of importance during the Chinese New Year because there is a specific day allotted in the whole Chinese New Year ceremony where you're supposed to change those old schools and put new ones. So that was about the outside. Now, moving on to the inside. The inside was really like, whoop. So first it had like a regular bell, like of the bell that we have in like Hindu temples or just a normal bell. And then there was something that was really intriguing was the wooden moon blocks. So for you to understand a wooden moon block. Okay, yeah. So there were wooden moon blocks and what do I mean by wooden moon blocks? They were pieces of so there were two pieces that were like in a shape of a crescent moon and two of these that signified like the yin and the yang and you had to throw. So as I mentioned earlier, people go to Kuan Yun to resolve their problems. So you have to make a wish and like whatever you, you say the wish in your head and then you throw the wooden blocks on the floor and if one of the block is that falls on the ground is curvy and the other one is flat like this like this is how it looks on the ground that means your wish will be fulfilled or the god is listening to you and he will fulfill your wish or if it is both flat or both like over a that means your wish, wish is not going to be fulfilled or you know you should try again or 
something like that. So there are a lot of like interesting stories based on that also. One of it is a little funny and a little rude, which says that if you if the blocks that fall on the ground and if both of them are like so the ground is face is yeah. So one interesting story based on that is when you throw those crescent blocks on the ground, the wooden blocks mm. on the ground, and if both the curvy parts are on the ground and the flat ones are facing to you. That is when the wish that you made is very laughable, and the gods are actually laughing at that wish. Because it's, yeah. <laughs> because the reason why, like, it's, it's a very funny logic behind that. The logic is if you, like, if some curvy thing touches the ground, it would just keep moving because it's not a flat surface that's touching the ground. So when it keeps moving, it actually looks like they're laughing instead of just moving. That is very rude. This is why I wish is very laughable. That is very intelligent and rude both. This was part one of Unfound the Vidcast. In part two, we discuss our individual experiences and how we actually got to the temple. If you like this video, give it a big thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on Spotify, follow our page. Also, follow the two of us on Instagram. The handles are in the description and in the video.